Lights, sirens, heroes. You're listening to the Unreasonable Grounds podcast. I've got one, two, three seconds of recording. Oh my God, we're back on. Uh, And welcome everybody back to the Unreasonable Grounds podcast. This is episode 16. And for some reason, well, we know what the reason is. We've actually switched over and we've gone over to Instagram Live. So in the event of this incident, uh, we do have to go over the rules again. The number one rule, the Unreasonable Grounds podcast, as Mike is showing his awesome poster in the background there. The number one rule is don't get Mike fired. Don't get Mike fired down below or wherever you are. If you're up there, that works too. Not getting us fired. Don't so, get Mike fired. <laughs> so on the Unreasonable Grounds podcast, this is we don't talk about anything political. Our job is to basically make sure that we make people laugh, put a smile on their face, and to be able to talk about the lighter side of policing and the best or first responder work for that matter. And to be able to do that, one of the things that Mike and I really love doing, and we came up with this weird brainchild of an idea, is we enjoy the Hollywood Cop Car Challenge. And this episode number 16 is going to be just that. It is going to be a matchup for the Hollywood Cop Car Challenge, and it's going to be... The Fast and the Furious 1995 Mitsubishi Eclipse versus the police car from Fifth Element. That's right. Well, I don't think anybody saw this one coming ahead of time. <laughs> uh, that includes probably you and me two hours ago when I sent you a text. I'm like, hey, dude, do you want to do the Eclipse versus the Fifth Element police car? Like, are you. Oh, my preparation. Gone. Gone. Everything that I was going to do because it was either going to end up being all of the uh the issue what was it going to be it was going to be the supra versus the eclipse i think we're going to do an all fast and furious thing because that's what people wanted everybody's like oh you got to go reasonable on this one and put the supra up against the eclipse i'm sorry no we're unreasonable on the unreasonable grounds podcast so i said screw it let's throw a monkey wrench in the whole damn thing because that's what you and i can do we can throw those in there and we're like screw it i love the police car from fifth element it was one of the films i really liked growing up i think i was like grade six or seven when that film came out and i loved the the fact that the cops were in that car and they were zooming around flying around this like fictional future planet so on that point let's see the it's isn't a police car come on (laughs) Oh, and this is, on. and again, this is the fun part about doing these Instagram lives. I can edit this out yeah. for the episode, but I do, uh, you know, whatever. It's it's Berkey. Uh, I take your, I'll take your opinion later on. Don't worry. This is the same guy that was stapling my applets at work and, and hitting me with the frozen, uh, compressed air at work. For Christ's sakes. Well, there you go. Dude's a prankster to be, to say the least. But uh, so here's the deal. So on the podcast, what we do is we have the, our tradition of breaking donut. Uh, Mikey, you've got something. I've got something. Now, full caveat, full disclosure, because that's what we believe in. We've already done an episode tonight, and I'm not going to be eating two donuts. It's just not going to happen. But that being said, for those hey, that... ran a marathon on the weekend, man. If there was ever time that you you could eat two donuts, it's now. <laughs> Dude, it was, a, it was a half marathon. So, I mean, that's... And it was a struggle. I don't even seen some of those photos. A lot of photos I didn't want reproduced. That was pretty nasty. But uh, so as long as you had your band aids, you're good. <laughs> I did. Oh, I lubed up. That's the thing. That's part of oh, running, yeah. man. You got to lube up, right? So what we do is we break donut. It is our special way of saying cheers. Our special way of cheersing the whole thing and really just squaring away for the episode. So. Here's the deal. We have our donuts. We're ready to go. Mikey, you let everybody know because they couldn't hear our first episode. What do you got for a donut today? 
Well, I've uh, decided to break the bank, and uh, I took myself to the real Canadian superstore for none other than a chocolate-filled mini croissant. <laughs> so so okay. I think I got about six of these for $3, uh, I think it was, and uh, I put down the four chocolate chip muffins that were for a dollar. They were on special. So uh, I, I decided to decline the 25 cent muffin and go for this. So uh, it's uh, an adventure in itself. So <laughs> Okay, so, so it's already blasphemy because uh, it's not a donut. It is a, I don't know, would you call it a French, a French dessert? It's a pastry. Okay, it's a pastry. It, it's it was in the bakery section, man. That works. It it works for me. <laughs> if you had the choice between a couple, if you're at superstore and you had no other choices, anybody, yeah, fancy, exactly. Yeah, how fancy. how how bougie of a product, <laughs> right? And that's why I said earlier in the other podcast, I'm like, ooh, super bougie. You're hitting up the superstore, great <laughs> Canadian know, right? superstore, yeah. uh, day olds. That's fine. Uh, but if you're going there and you have to be at Superstore, I would much rather you eat one of those and enjoy it and put a f- happy smile on your face than eating those dirty, encrusted powder donuts. I'm sorry, Great Canadian, Canadian well, Superstore. I, I, I think I choked on one of those in one of our earlier episodes. You did. You did. And I, I don't know. Yeah. What was that? Episode four, episode five, something I like that. I, I think I kind of died a bit on the inside after that one. So. It actually, it might have been one of the first episodes. It might have been the very first live episode. So I guess we're going full circle. Mikey, it's been a year. That's insane. Since we've been doing this. Awesome. Man, I don't know. We're going to do a special edition of the podcast just for that. But moving on. So my choice of donut this evening. All right. So I, I've already said I've already had half of this. but uh, And I am shaking at the fact that I get to have this again. So I went to Nana's and Papa's Bakery here in Parksville, British Columbia on Vancouver Island. Uh, it's a tiny little shop that's just off Highway 19A. I'm going to give it as much props as possible. Hence, I'm going back in there tomorrow to have a conversation with the owner. And that, that's Nana. Nana, I can't wait to go yeah. and meet you again. Tell, tell Nana I'm coming because that looks awesome. This is unreal. So this is, we're calling it the BCLJ. So this is the Boston oh. Cream Long John. I think Ryan knows what that is. <laughs> well, yeah, see, it's a Boston cream, but it's the Boston cream long john. So it was in full form. It was about this long beforehand. Yeah. Do you never decompose the white powdered ones? Exactly, right? <laughs> exactly. So here we go. Let's cheers it. Let's do our donut. Everybody yeah, else, you know, in the future, I'm hoping that we, we're going to publicize these live episodes again and we get more people on the podcast. Cheers it off with the donut. Let's get the episode going. Cheers, Mikey. Well, I gotta say, it's got it's got the filling there. Don't any get any strange ideas, but I feel like I got my money's worth. This is so good. I feel like your donut is starting to take you out of the PG thirteen zone. <laughs> Dude, we're not even allowed to go PG thirteen. <laughs> I like my job too much. Well, I have a second mortgage on my croissant. Yeah. Well, I my just superstore croissant. <laughs> So like I don't. The funny I, part is, if I go and I get the container that they, the rest of them are containing, it's that that plastic container that'll crinkle so much it'll destroy our audio for the episode. <laughs> just like just pick up another one and go for it, right? So yeah. this this thing. Uh, enough about you, Mike. I'm gonna say, let's go to the donut. Go to the donut. This is what we do. Look at the background. Look at the background at your wall. Do you see what's up there? It's a donut. Let's get to that. Hey, you know what? 
Don't even start me. You and your bar donut, okay? We've so, had this argument before. Neither one of us bought a ring donut this time. So. Well, I guess. All right. And then we got yeah, Jay, here's Jay from <laughs> Support Retired Legends, Jay Martini. Hey, buddy. How's it going? All right. So this donut is absolutely insane. Here we go. You guys all need to know if you're ever on vancouver island go to nana's and papa's i am it is going to be my go-to for donuts from here on out there's no reason why i wouldn't have another one of these it is so good it's double loaded with cream on both sides the chocolate is fantastic because they only make this one thing in their entire bakery this is the only thing with chocolate on it and they take the time and they put the love in the actual chocolate on top and i'm telling you right now as a guy who has eaten many 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 donuts Nana's and Papa's is definitely sure as hell not paying me to say this. This is probably the greatest donut experience of my life. And I said this earlier in the last podcast. This is so good. This I am a traditional yeah. donut guy. I don't need all that littered stuff on top. This is fantastic. And I like shaking right now. I got to finish it. But yeah, I, give I me a second to finish. Your exact wording in the episode that we've recorded earlier where it's the best donut in any episode ever mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah I, I won't lie i am 100 percent jealous and look forward to the next time i can get to parksville and get myself one it's just so <laughs> it is just so good you got to come up here dude honestly and i you have to come up and check this out this is unreal how good this is to the fact that maris my wife actually said she's like she hates she doesn't hate but she usually doesn't like boston creams oh it's so good yeah, see if you can if you convert the people that aren't already fans of it, that's when you know you're solid. So Okay. Save me some. Canine coffee. Uh yeah, mine hasn't arrived yet, so Okay, if Jay's still on. You guys outdid yourself. I don't have my mug, but I do have my hat on. I'm telling you right now, the canine coffee legit. All right, let's get up what we're supposed to be here for. All right, so anybody that's new to the podcast, here's the deal. How we do the Hollywood Cop Car Challenge, we break these two fictional police cars from movies, from the big screen, and we end up putting them into a battle against one another, a matchup. And they go in four different categories. So the first category is mechanical. It's how do the vehicles measure up against one another in power? Number two Use of the police vehicle, so need to be a cop car to be in a cop car challenge. We need to know how they're actually used as a cop car. Number three is the iconic level. Did the vehicle outshine the actor actors using it, and was the vehicle undeniably one of the best parts of the film? You can tell I'm reading, so I'm giving it the right emphasis on this whole thing. And number four is going to be badassery. And this is, Mikey, this is yours, buddy. This is your category. This is what you created. This is your terminology. You should get that actually coined and trademarked because it's yours. And I'm pretty sure it's self-explanatory. You know what? Yeah, it's... uh, I'm excited for this matchup. We got the, the Eclipse from... I almost said Back to the Future. See, we can't edit this out now. I just have to look like an ass live. It's okay. You can just look like an ass live. That's fine. I'm good with that. <laughs> I can edit out the podcast later. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, we got the Eclipse from Fast and Furious and uh, the Fifth Element flying cop car. Like, I, I don't even know what else to call it. It's it's just, it is what it is. So, it's, it's. We, we, should we just jump into it? Should we just... 
I think so. I, I think, yeah. you know, for, for, the- for those of you who, who aren't familiar with this, uh, we attempt to break it down into four categories for mechanical advantage, uh, actual police usage, uh, its iconic level, if it overshone the actors and how much it resonated uh, after the film ended. Uh, and then, like you said, the badassery, so, which it speaks for itself. It is its own adjective as you desire. So, so we got two films. We got to go over this fast as well, too, because yeah. we got to make sure, A, we don't get sued and we don't lose our jobs and I don't lose the roof over my head because uh, Universal Studios or Buena Vista International <laughs> comes down on me and wants to take all my belongings. Uh, the two movies, guys, we're looking at is The Fast and the Furious. That's the 2001 Universal Studios hit. Again, please don't sue us. We don't make any money from this, so we're not getting anything from it. Uh, not even free donuts. So that's going to be starring, obviously, Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, you know, duly departed, uh, Michelle Rodriguez, Jordana Brewster, and Ted Levine. And, or you can say Levin, however you want to say it, but I always love the fact that Ted Levin isn't in this movie because he was the cop, the actual, you know, Paul Walker's boss. Uh, but it was directed by Rob Cohen. The other film was The Fifth Element. Obviously, 1997's Gaumont Buena Vista International. It's just back in the day when they used to have those kind of weird one-off companies, but they did a damn good job on this one. Uh, and it was obviously starring Bruce Willis, Gary Oldman, Mila Jovovich. I can never say her, say her name properly, but Jovovich, Chris Tucker, and Sam Douglas, David Kennedy, Roger Monk, Mac McDonald, Mark Seaton, Jean-Luc Caron, Riz Meaden, and Jerry Ezekiel. It's funny, you're like, who the hell are those guys? Guess what those guys are? Those are the actual name of the actors that were the cops in that movie. So I'm giving oh, them right. full goddamn props for being the, the actual cops in that movie because they're hilarious in that movie. As well as Paul Priestley and Jason Sulky were actually credited as cops in the film. Because those cops in that movie in Fifth Element had the best gear ever for futuristic cops with that giant headlight of a lamp on their chest. You imagine would have given them all cancer after a while. Oh, for sure. (laughs) So we've got those two different films. Obviously, I mean, moving forward with mechanical, if we can start off, Mikey, if you're good with that, let's start off with looking at the mechanical category itself. Yeah, Uh, I believe you said you got some specs on this. Yeah, I've got I've got the specs on this one. So the the very first one's gonna be the nineteen ninety five Mitsubishi Eclipse. Okay, we all know it from the film. It's ripping around in the very first scene. It's screeching around. I can't remember at the time if it was the Anaheim Angels uh, Stadium, but it was in the big parking lot of the ball field out there, and it was ripping around doing donuts and whatever it was doing. Okay, that is a highly modded vehicle. But oddly enough, when you actually look at it after the fact as a prop, it was actually a pretty bone stock. Uh, eclipse but in the film they're saying that it's a 16 valve dual overhead cam two liter four cylinder engine rated at 165 horsepower before turbo is what they're saying which is kind of interesting right but they had a whole bunch of different mods on it they had the robo they call it the robo car armor eclipse kit the specialty mods included sparkle racing seats. Obviously, this is the tuner car movie. This is what everybody wanted to do at the time. Uh, the wheels, obviously, 18-inch wheels with a Axis Sport tuning ink, and it was running on Toyo 225 40 ZR18s. Okay, it's a tuner car. 
right? It is what it is. It's an eclipse. There's nothing really all that special about it other than the fact that he's whipping around with some crazy technology for 2001 and a giant NOS bottle on the back of it. Oh, yes. He's just like, give me more NOS. I need more NOS when he goes into, I can't remember the name of uh, the actual store that has the F-150 Lightning as their like support vehicle. Yeah. But uh, I think Harry's. That's right. It's Harry's. All right. So we, talk, um, we, we talked about the eclipse. So let's, what, what do you, what do you, do you, did you actually like that, that car from the film? Well, I've always been more partial to the Hondas. So that particular Mitsu, no, but I know a lot of people did. And I think, you know, it, it scores its own points for that as well. Right. But, um, personally was not one of my favorites, but yeah. Props were props do. So, yeah, it, and it had a very short-lived time in the actual film itself. I mean, it goes out. He races it what once, and then he does the whole uh, Dominic Toretto. So Dom ends up running away from the cops yeah, yeah. in his mm-hmm. his Vale side. Uh, I can't remember if that was a super. I can't. What, what, I can't remember what his ride was. It was like a Mazda MR2 or something like that, or, or whatever it was. But yeah. uh, he goes and picks him up, and then Johnny Tran goes and lights him up, and the uh, the thing blows up in a giant hailstorm of NOS, right? Well, and they get the good, the, the blue flame going on, so. Because <laughs> yeah, he's messing with Johnny Tran and the boys, right? So, yeah, yeah I mean, it, 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 short-lived, you know, lifetime. But again, you says, well, and we'll talk about it a little bit later once we get into that next category. But yeah. the mechanical side, you know what? Okay, a tuner car, fine. Let's move on to the next one, fifth element. The yep. police, we can't get anything more online other than just saying it's a police car. You know what, though? And this is one of those kind of things where I think let's have a look at how it performed in the film. Well, it flew. So <laughs> I think it might have an edge on the eclipse there. <laughs> we were talking about this before we started filming this whole thing. But, oh man, it's as if you're looking at it, you're talking about the engine and motor. You're like, well, it flies. Yeah. <laughs> Does it matter? Well, that thing, I, I was trying to find some like fan fiction style, like, um, you know, like Star Wars-esque, you know, technical specs that, you know, someone's made up for it. And, you know, like... I could be like, oh, it's got an Imperial Class 7 twin ion engine and can pull off, you know, the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs. So. Nice. Well done. What did, what, yeah. did the, what, did the, what did the Millennium Falcon do the, uh, the run in? Was it, was it 12 parsecs? I think it was just something like that. It's been a while. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, and it, exactly that's it. Like, and we were looking at the max speed. It's like we're trying to use this whole mechanical one. You know, it, it, I looked at it and I'm like, okay, max speed, pretty fast, but they couldn't catch up to a taxi cab driven by Bruce Willis. And but, it, but I, I did, that doesn't have anything to do with the mechanical aspect of it. it that's true. Okay, that's more, yeah. I guess, tactical driving. It, it could be maneuverability. It could be, you know, several different factors there. Yeah. And then the modifications. Okay, let's talk about modifications here for a second. So, yeah. So in in the actual mechanical element of it, this is worth discussing about it because if, if Johnny Tran tried to roll up on one of these instead of a, a poor, unarmed Mitch BC Eclipse, these fifth element cars would have 
put a couple of rounds into Johnny Tran. <laughs> it would have been a bad day. It would have been a very bad day. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to give the modification for the, for the, whatever that is, a fully automatic cannon that's on the oh, side yeah. there. Like, okay, <laughs> we're, we're going to give, like, I'm starting to like the sound of this whole thing. But one of the modifications I have to say that I'm exceptionally, uh, I'm very pleased to see was the, the takeout food tray that was on the driver's side. <laughs> well, yeah. well, they're in the drive-thru of that giant wall of a McDonald's with the tiny little window where they were all lined up for. So that I was impressed by. And the fact that as they're driving by, Bruce Willis's character basically buzzes the tower, goes by and ends up squish. The guy squishes his drinks after he's saying he's yeah, too yeah. old and too tired to go after chasing after some guy. Okay, so we got that. It has some spotlights on it. I don't know. What else do you need for modifications? They, they like scanners and stuff when they went into the smog. But That's right. Yeah. And it's yeah. like they can tell yeah. the guy's got a jammer. He talks about having a, a plate jammer on there. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Mechanical. I don't know. Do, do like Mikey, what do we say in mechanical? Do we say that we accept the fact that we only have like true mechanical on one? on the eclipse no you know what this is not the reasonable grounds podcast <laughs> this is the unreasonable grounds podcast yeah and fifth element cop car all the way 100 percent. all right done i'm i'm in i'm in this is this is so stupid because i have a feeling where this is going and i don't <clears throat> we're going let's just grow i don't look back all right, one sec. I can't even write down, like, it's not like on the last one, the voxel. I can put down voxel or Tahoe. I have to write fifth element ridiculous police car. <laughs> and I'm about to, it's, yes, whatever. Okay, yeah. good. Okay, we got that done. So that that's taken care of. Use as a police car. So like, now it's, this one, this category, I think, is at least in my mind, gone an interesting direction as I was thinking about this before. Before we started the episode okay so obviously the eclipse doesn't do what i you know often refer to as that one-on-one policing right like it it's it's not marked nope but it's clearly given the the trouble that uh brian gets into brian spilner uh, What's that? Brian Spilner. That's okay. We can use his yeah, full name. Yeah, exactly. That Brian gets into after it gets blown up, that it was clearly a police-funded vehicle. Yeah. Um, so the argument that it wasn't a police vehicle, I think, is is moot because it's a police-funded vehicle. That's right. And, and it's a UC car. Yep. Exactly. So he was operating in a police capacity but not in the traditional patrol sense of it. So I think for its entire time on the screen, the Mitsubishi was operating in a police capacity. He was gathering intelligence. He was doing what needed to be done. Uh, yeah, so I think the Mitsubishi was operating at full police capacity the entire time it was on the screen, and you know, up, up to and including its death. Now, the Fifth Element police car, on the other hand, I think it actually loses points on this because despite all of its superpowers and mechanical advantage and everything like that, they couldn't even catch a cab. <laughs> a janky cab to begin with. Okay. Yeah. I'm right. 
I oh man, I you know what it's it's used in in a pursuit style. It's yeah. used in a tactical lineup, which I guess you would call like a firing line, as that cab comes across and then he bows out as he starts getting engaged by all those cannons. They conduct a patrol down in the fog area in those lower realms. Yeah. And they stop to get fast food drive through. Yes. I would, I am having to say that I personally, that's just me, I am going to give this category for use as a police vehicle to the fifth element car. And it's just adding to the okay. fact that this is becoming ridiculous. So what, what do you think? So Mikey, what do you think? Are you thinking you're going to go with Eclipse you, on this you know, one? Yeah, I just I, I, I like the fact it, that it's a Mark PC. Look at it from a let's see, uh, storyline was in the year 2300. Okay, so thinking about it from a 24th century standpoint, maybe that is a routine day for them, right? Maybe you know, dropping down into the the smog level you know, is something along the lines of maybe that patrol car isn't equipped for it and they tried to do the best they could and they need some, like, smog interdiction team ERT squad that should have, like, come in to, to help look for it. I, I definitely, they get a finger shake for not even being able to catch a cab because I think it's just kind of funny. But, you know, by the you know, so-called criteria that we've set down uh, ahead of time. Yeah, you know, as much as, you know, it seems silly, it, it was more of a police car. Okay, so what are we thinking? Are we thinking that the use of a police car ends up going to the fifth element? I Yeah, yeah. As right. much as I don't want it to, I think, I think the unreasonableness stands. You know what's hilarious? Right, right down, fifth element police car. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're doing is is that we're two categories down in a competition where there's only two remaining and yes. there was a lot of people that wanted to see the eclipse make its way through this round and possibly to the very end for some well, reason I, I don't know what it is like i'm doing the the jazz hands here but i don't really understand it's more like the donald trump hands but i don't quite understand how this is happening other than I, I pulled this car out of my rear end earlier today. And I was like, you know, it'd be really stupid if we just like threw one out yeah. and was like, let's screw with this. So iconic level. Okay. Now, iconic level. Iconic level. Okay. Now, you know, um, I'm kind of channeling my inner Chris Tucker and be like, come on, man, come on, man. There's no way the fifth element police car gets it on this one. The the as as cool as it is flying and and everything like that, uh, it does not stand up to everything else that's going on in that movie. It's it it doesn't serve any purpose at, as an icon. Uh, arguably, it's also not used by the main characters of the movie, right? So protagonist or antagonist, it is a essentially a background element that doesn't even succeed in the task that it's supposed to do. Stop. So, Stop a car. <laughs> so definitely not leaning to the fifth on this one. However, the Eclipse, on the other hand, it was on the poster. Yep. 
the eclipse is far more memorable uh, than the fifth element PC. Yeah, I, I got to give it to you on that one. I think that we're we're going to see a, not a straight flush uh, on this whole thing. I think we are going to see the eclipse uh, take this one because, granted, you're absolutely right. Uh, we saw Paul Walker drive that one. We saw Vin Diesel also inside of it. We've got a UC component to it as well as the main, well, the antagonist that you want to believe at the very beginning since we don't always believe family, you know, the whole yeah. Fast and the Furious thing. Uh, and they're all they all take part in it, and then that huge huge explosion, which basically set off you know the tuner industry was still around that time, but it just went absolutely nuts after that film went out. I was around driving oh. in my 1989 yeah. Dodge Shadow, and I was listening to the entire soundtrack burnt off of like Napster or Morpheus or whatever I was running at the time, and listening to the uh, the, the the background music from that film. Wishing that I had a body kit on my 89 Dodge Shadow because I love that movie so much and that car. So let's give it to the Eclipse. Let's move on from there. Yep. Badassery. I'm going to leave well, it. I'm going to let you lead. I think I've actually kind of hinted as to how I feel about this one. Like the fifth element police car, it's, got, it's certainly got some, some badass elements to it. Like, yeah. uh, got the nest of machine guns on it. It's got, you know, these license plate scanners. Uh, even the, the, you mentioned earlier, the equipment the actual cops inside are wearing with the F off giant headlight on their chest, <laughs> right? Like, I've seen smaller you know, lights on like the pickup trucks and like those redneck trucks. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, their, their takeout tray. It's a, like, the, the whole totality of it, I think, lends towards it, it not necessarily being as as badass as the Eclipse. Oh. You know, right? So I think, yeah, I, I don't know. It was just tough, man. I think the, the Eclipse has got some pretty savage moments, and I think it's short screen time. You know, like, I don't know. I kind of, I, here's the deal. I think you and me both want to see something, want to see something absolutely ridiculous happen. And I would love to see the fifth element vehicle as crazy as it is. It, it, you know, it's very similar to your choice when it was the Back to the Future 2 car, right? Yeah. It's the same choice as the back or, uh, Blade Runner car as well, too. Although they yeah. had cameo roles, this one yeah. had, these had a little bit longer. Yeah. The Eclipse had a small role as well, too, although iconic, yeah. like you said. I really want to see something stupid and see the Fifth Element car move on. But I will say this, and I never thought I'd say this before we started this whole thing tonight. I think that the Eclipse will take the badassery because of the technology was in it at the time. This is a 2001 you know, film. Yeah. This is a 95 Mitsubishi Eclipse that they end up like, I don't know about you, Mikey. I think you'd probably be the same as me. The coolest car on the road at that time in 1995 through 2001, I will say short of a Mitsubishi 3000 GT was the Eclipse. It was like, unless you had like an Eagle Talon that you had done up or a Corsica that had, yeah, or not or Corsica, like, the other ones, like the, um, the Tiburon or, like the or whatever. NSX or something ridiculous, right? Like, yeah. I think I think that the Eclipse definitely has it when you think about it from the own appropriate time frame. 
that it would be. Again, I, I think for me, the, the biggest frustration for that fifth element police car is it, it didn't succeed, right? Like its role that it was supposed to fulfill, it didn't succeed. And if it was so badass, well, it would have succeeded, right? Like you've got some mook in a cap in a taxi that drives down into the smog and they can't find him. Like, is that Grant, granted, granted it is Corbin Dallas, but is, is, is he really that much of a mastermind criminal that he's the first guy no. fleeing from the toe that's decided to hide in the smog? Like no, no, that no, should no, have been no. a solved problem for them. Right. Like that should have been like, Oh, whatever, you know, whoop, whoop, there he is. Like they, they successfully trapped him with six PCs flying, levitating, whatever you want to call that, yeah. hovering six PCs, and they let a cannon barrage go of firepower that hit that thing so many goddamn times that Mila Jovovich was like, should have been Swiss cheese inside of that car. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think that's a little bit of Hollywood magic going on. Well, and like, that's o- it, Other right? than the fact that it was a flying police car. Like, it's... Exactly, yeah. But again, uh, with that badassery, right, I think you have to take the Eclipse's uh, purpose and its role and how it succeeded in its life as the UC police car. Dom was fooled. Dom was like, yep. this guy's a tuner. I'm hopping in with them because we got to ditch the fuzz. Like, it it succeeded in its mission, albeit it, it, it died in the line of service. <laughs> it did. It, it absolutely did. And, yeah. I, and, I think, and I think you bring up a very good point is that I think it was Dom or was it Paul Walker? It was Spillner's, Brian's character that actually said it's not about the engine. It's the guy sitting in front of it or standing in front of it. That's what matters. Yeah. Yeah. So, and in this particular case, I will say that, yes, the Eclipse will take the badassery just based on equipment, yeah. ba- based on how it ended, obviously. Yeah. And then it kind of, the, the the Phoenix rising of the whole thing where it turns itself into the Supra eventually, this crazy orange yeah. Supra that they have. Um, yeah. And it, it just kind of leads the way for it. So, yes, I'm going to give it to uh, to the Eclipse. Now, let's do a quick uh, rewind on this one so we can do a bit of yeah. a review. So, we, again, we talk about, and especially people that are new to the podcast, we talk about four different categories in the Hollywood Cop Car Challenge. We talk about the mechanical, the use of as a police vehicle, the iconic level, and obviously badassery is what we were just talking about. Now, Number one, mechanical went to the fifth element police car. Ha ha, we had a good little laugh about that one. It was funny because we, yeah, we, we made up everything based on assumptions and bullshittery. Yeah. That'll be my next one. Number two was use of a, or sorry, use as a police vehicle. Okay, that also went to the fifth element because obviously yeah. as a UC car, it's used in law enforcement investigatively, but it's not used as a police car. So yeah. yes, fifth element is going to go there as well too. Third, three fingers, not two fingers. You know, I'm tired and I want more donuts. Uh, iconic level. So the iconic level, we went to the eclipse. It just, it is what oh, it yeah. is. And then the badassery we just talked about goes to the eclipse. So now what are we yeah. looking at, Mikey? We're looking at another tie. I wasn't expecting this one to be a tie in all honesty. Neither was I. I thought it was a washout. When I sent you this text, I'm like, this is stupid. I'm just going to write off one, but I think it'd be funny to talk about. I have yeah. no idea how the hell this just went to a tie. 
You know what? And I think this one, because of the ridiculousness involved, I think the putting it out to Instagram to everybody to put their two cents on in it and and see the debate, uh, I think it's going to be that much more entertaining, right? Like I think this is a real op, not only for to allow people to just unplug, but also unplug their reasonableness, right? And really take into account how much we enjoy making these kind of ridiculous matchups because this is easily one of the, like you said, a total washout, but ended up being a draw and we're going to have to put it to the tiebreaker. So just like the last uh, one, just like the last one. So now here's the deal. So I have been a little busy with the deployment and a few other things going on, especially with work. We now have three different, uh, Instagram polls that we have to do in the next probably week, two weeks, because yep. I want to get all this done before we start releasing any more of the episodes. <laughs> and we need to be able to do that. So what we're going to be doing is uh, next week starting, I'm hoping to get this episode, or sorry, episode 15 out and uh, published uh, maybe next week sometime. And we'll be able to get the further one the week after, because we've got to get the one done with Liv, and that's episode 14. Yep. So I want to get all this stuff done out and put out but I am absolutely shocked by this that we have <laughs> sweet, awesome dog face mask. I am absolutely shocked that we now have three to be able to do this with because I thought all of these were walkouts. I thought we were going to be able to, you know, kind of push through round one without having to do this at all. And now we're at what, four? I think we're at four because we did the very first one, which was matchup one, which was the SWAT vehicle. And then the limo ended yeah. up taking it. Yeah, yeah, over the CVPI, so... That was that was pretty interesting. Which I'm still trying to figure out. So on that point, what we're going to do is we're going to put it to you guys. We're going to put it to the listener. We are going to do the poll, and you are going to decide who ends up taking this round. Is it going to be the well? So is it going to be the 95 Mitsubishi Eclipse, or is it going to end up being the, the fifth element? The the twenty the 2263. <laughs> That's the year it takes place in. Is that what we're going to call it? The 2263? So FPC, we'll call it the FPC. Yeah, yeah. There you there go. You we'll, go. <laughs> we'll call it the FPC. So on that point, check it out. Be sure to check out Instagram for the uh, poll. We're going to put it both on the main page for the actual podcast as well as over on my personal one as well too and over on Facebook. And maybe Mikey will get yours, uh, your profile as well too. We'll get them up and going. We'll combine them all and we'll be able to see what everybody puts up and give us a winner. So on that point, what we want to say is also is thank you very much for tuning in. This has been an, an amazing experience all the way from the start of this. Mikey, you and I have been doing this for a year now. We've been sitting down. We figured out a way that we wanted to be able to make ourselves laugh and giggle and about ridiculous cop stuff. And this has been an insane, insane experience so far. Uh, But what we want to do is make sure that you spread the word. We're asking you to do so just to be able to spread the word, to be able to spread any of the lighter side of policing to your colleagues, to friends, family, whatever it might be that might get a laugh out of this, listening to two first responders chuckle heads, go and laugh at stupid, ridiculous stuff like the best Hollywood cop car movie, as well as some interesting interviews along the way as well, too. So you can find us over at Spotify, episodes over there. You can subscribe from there. You can also find us on Google Podcasts and the iHeartRadio app, as well as check us out on our website at www.theunreasonablegroundspodcast.com to be able to get the most recent and up-to-date information. Okay, 
So Mikey, let's close this out. I've had a whole lot of fun in this episode, episode 16. Uh, what do you say? Um, scotchy, scotch, scotch. <laughs> and we'll conclude it from there. Guys, be safe. <laughs> Have a fantastic week. And uh, there'll be more episodes to come. Lights, sirens, heroes. You're listening to the Unreasonable Grounds podcast.